Bonita, the Miami Herald Food Podcast. I'm Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald Food Editor, joined at least for this week by my buddy over there, Amy Reyes. What's up, Carlos? Amy, uh, I'm not sure where to start. Anything anything going on? Yeah, there's one thing, one little thing. One uh, One little thing. Housekeeping item. Yeah, Um, we should we should inform (laughs) inform our beloved public. Yeah, I guess. Wait, what's her name? (laughs) What is her? Oh, Vanessa. Vanessa Bud. Vanessa Bud. We gotta let her know. Yeah. Um. So, this is not news to anybody who kind of follows the show, maybe, uh, or maybe it is. Uh, but this is maybe our last La Ventanita. Um. Uh, a week ago, I uh, I I took a job as the new uh, host of the WLRN show Sundial. And uh, I'm going to be taking my talents to downtown Miami, uh, where the studio is. Um, and I'll be leaving the Herald after six years, which is not something that I ever thought uh, would happen. Um, so I'm uh, it's kind of it's kind of emotional. It's kind of emotional. This is uh, this is a job that I've I love doing. I mean, this podcast is something that I'd love to do. It was literally a it was literally a, a passion project. Um that we just, you and I just kind of put on our shoulders and we just said, this is going to be the thing that we're going to do. It's going to be we're gonna fun. Make it we're, we're going to make it happen. And uh, thanks to Pierre, uh, Pierre Taylor, uh, the director of the show, uh, who literally handles every technical aspect. He was like, we like, I, he goes, I like that. Let's do that. And, um, uh, and, and then it turned into this fun little thing that apparently uh, that, that y'all liked. So that's, that's been nice. Especially Vanessa. Especially Vanessa. Our and man, we appreciate Vanessa. We appreciate her. Well, this is, it's good for you. It sucks for me. And I'm sad to see you go. And if you yeah, make me cry, I will punch you through, <laughs> through the screen. Through the screen. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a bummer, man. I've been working with you for like six years and we've been through a lot of different things and we've had a lot of, you know, I feel like you're one of those people that was in a, like a, like a foxhole with, you know, like we, we went through a lot of different changes uh, at the Herald and we survived them all. And we actually always figured out how to do good work in spite of the, you know, the, the changing marching orders. And so I think that was, you know, that's one of the things that will always, you know, bond us forever that and our award-winning croquette coverage. Or award-winning croquette coverage. I mean, when you say, you know, we want to, Society of Features Journalist Award for our coverage of croquetas. That We're is no lying. small feat. These I'm are, very proud these of are that. not lies. These are truths. <laughs> this is I'm the very truth. proud of that. I really yeah. am. No, well, and in and six think, years, you've got, you know, you got yourself two James Beard Awards. You've written a, a bunch of really amazing stories and you've found all these interesting different things about Miami's food life that that everybody, everybody gets enthusiastic about. So it's going to suck for us, but it's good for you. I mean, honestly, it's, um, I, I didn't, I didn't see this coming because I just really, I just, I enjoy journalism. I enjoy the daily writing of it. I enjoy finding stories that are different and that are, um, that really kind of capture Miami. I, I, I know I've told you this before, but when I first started here, I, I remember walking in the building and I walked past these 21 Pulitzers. Like there was a wall, a wall with the, then 21, now it's 23. Um, and thinking like, what could I possibly add to this place? You know? And, this paper kind of proved that no matter what job you have inside, you can be on the national um, radar. 
uh, because it's one of the best journalism jobs in the country. So, um, I, you know, I tried to do that first year. I tried to do everything. And I think I've told you this. I had like a, I kind of had like a nervous breakdown at the end of that first year. Yeah. And I was like, I was writing, you know, I, I must have written, I don't know, Amy, 300 stories that first, that first uh, six months. It was mm-hmm. an enormous, it was ridiculous. And I said, no, no, I'm going to focus and just write stories that could only happen in Miami, stuff that mm-hmm. that's only Miami centric. Well, then uh, you were lucky because at some point they got some tools and they were like, well, here, we're going to show you the stories that people are reading online. Right. <laughs> and that right. was actually like, you know, people were upset about it because all of a sudden we had to narrow our focus. And, you know, as the newsroom got smaller, we had to like hone in on what people are interested in. And like, yeah, that was that was one of the things that really helped us to say, OK, what does our audience want to read about? And so we were able to, you know, you were able to do that. And not for nothing, but honestly, like. You, you came in uh, to the job and were like, let's just do fun stuff. Let's do mm-hmm. stuff that works, but let's have some fun doing it. And like, that was, our, that has been our credo over in the little Miami, Miami.com sector. Exactly. It's like Miami Herald's more fun little brother. Their little creepy sister. little weirdo corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do videos about <laughs> what, what a croquetta. <laughs> Remember the videos we did with Chloe? Those were oh my super God. fun. Oh, that that, video that was a, a with, good time. Those were good. God, times. I swear, if, Pierre, if you find that video and want to insert it at some point, that would be okay. Oh my God, we wouldn't be mad. Yeah, yeah. There's there's it? a video. It's a video. How to explain of me. Dale the word Dale using a, a party a Cuban party platter? Yes, but also also uh, how to order Cuban coffee in Miami. Oh yeah. Remember, oh, like with Carlos Schmias. That's right, Carl yes. Schmias. Yes, our friend uh, Carl Schmidt, our friend Carlos here put on a little mustache and went incognito to a Cuban coffee place to order. What were you ordering? A latte? I don't know what you're talking about. A venti grande. It was some guy that we hired for a one-off skit who tried to order a a venti with a caramel drizzle at a a ventanita. And we're like, that ain't how to do it. Now. Thrown out (laughs) on his head. God, that was well, those were Chloe, Chloe was a genius. Chloe, was Chloe a Herring genius. was a genius of this show, of this um, of Miami.com and and really she kept help keep us young and, and fun. So exactly. Now she's off doing great, good things for HBO. So. All right. Well, let's uh, shall we talk about some food things going on? I think I oh, feel before like we talk about food things. We need to okay. talk about me because oh, right. <laughs> <important. laughs> we need to talk right. about me. So listen, this weekend I went to Sedona, Arizona, right? Because I went on a girl's trip. And obviously, oh, see, look, there's me at the top of Cathedral Cathedral Rock where I touched the healing vortex. Yes, all of these amazing, all of these amazing trails. But let me tell you about, about how, what a bad friend I am. So I'm going on a girl's trip because my girlfriend, Christine, is getting married. And you know how there's all these people who fuss over trips and planning and, and they're like, we got to get this and we got to get that. Obviously, oh, we bought the, T-shirts. The scheduled, the scheduled, detailed uh, yes. vacationers. Well, yeah, I'm not. Somebody one of those, went but. to the to the to the extent to buy us T-shirts so that we oh, could no. all have a T-shirt. And I had the like everybody's bringing something, right? So the the bride was I bring the bling, and somebody else was like I bring the fun, and the, somebody else was like I bring the mimosas, and then I was like I bring the bail money, right? But Damn. you know what I didn't bring? <laughs> I didn't money. bring my bail money shirt. <laughs> So it's like, I'm with three, these three degenerates. Yeah. These three weirdos are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I, I didn't fit in with the group. I so I felt bad. So I figured were, I would wear my shirt for the podcast for Christina because I'm such a jerk. 
I can't believe you went to Sedona as the bridesmaid or the the bridesmaid Voltron. Yes, we did. We formed. <laughs> <laughs> the bridesmaid Voltron, and I'll be we make a loud screaming group of weirdos. <laughs> and let me tell you something: we are flatlanders here in Miami, so all of those hikes that everybody was like, "Oh, these are easy; these are good for kids. You can take your dog on this one. It's not a big deal." All of them, we were dropping like flies. We couldn't make it up. We could half of us couldn't even make it up to to. We, we couldn't take pictures in front of the Devil's Bridge because we were scared. We were like, no. It was terrifying. I sat, dude, I sat for half an hour on this side. There's a, okay, so you walk up and there's this huge gorge and then there's a kind of a bridge that goes across and you see the bridge from a distance. And from your vantage point, it looks like a tiny sliver of land that's connecting these two giant rocks. Yes. And And then there's people who are walking on it. And from a distance, I don't know about you, but I waited a solid 30 minutes before I screwed up the courage to say, let me at least walk around before I even decide. Let me walk around to the middle and see what it looks like. And then you see it's kind of like that that one Indiana Jones where like you you see the the walking passage from a certain angle, and yeah. it's kind of like that. You walk out and you see it's it's wider than it looks. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. not like it's still, it's still not, not wide. like <laughs> it's still yeah, not well, super wide. I did it because I was like, okay, I'm here with my friend, and I'm not gonna let her take this picture by herself because the other two girls were like, hell to the no, I'm not going on that thing. Are you nuts? I'll take your uh-huh. picture, you know. But you know something? What was scarier is being the person taking the picture because they're the ones who have to appreciate the whole, you know, the whole panorama. So I can't get this wrong. No, exactly. And they're like, oh, my God, it it looks like they're going to die. And then while we were there, some chicks went to the edge and dangled their legs over. I was like, we have to go. We have to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, people are people are getting stupid. Did you eat anything while you were there? Was there anything that you ate that were like that you were memorable? That was the. um, Okay, there was one restaurant that was memorable just because we found it kind of funny. All the food was good, but it was we we were kind of laughing at it. But um, there's this place called Mariposa. That I think that's the place right. where everybody goes. There's, and there's five places in Sedona where everybody goes. Yeah, like, totally. And that's it. Mariposa was funny because everything was good. But it was just like we were looking at the menu and coming from Miami where everything is Latin. It was like right. Cuban churrasco and like <laughs> <laughs> with chimichurri. And like, we were like, wait, right. Cuban churrasco with chimichurri? We, we were just confused about like the mislabeled, <laughs> like yeah. misidentified foods, but it was, everything was good. So everything right. was good, but we were, we were just like, yo, what? Delicious, but offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> mislabeled. It was just mislabeled, but everything was good. And then we went to, um, we went to like the brewery. I can't remember the name of the brewery, but the brewery was fine. And right. then we went to, um, a place called like the Oak Grill. And I just got like the biggest piece of fried chicken ever and like i i didn't eat for two days after that yep. it was good the food but in sedona legit. it's good hiking food it's good it's, hiking it's food. good you can eat whatever you want because you're going to burn it off because you're going to burn ten thousand calories a million calories and you know what the problem is is that you because you and i were both led by connie because when i went out there connie had been she's like oh yeah Did the she devil's tell bridge. you the same lies well, she told me that like oh the devil's bridge it's a it's only like a two-mile hike you can do it it's not it's not a big deal and it's like Connie hikes for fun. Like she goes on hikes in the Northeast and it's like, I, I almost, I was so exhausted at the end of that devil's bridge hike. I was like, that dude, my, my legs were terrible. sore. My arms were sore after the cathedral yep. rock, because listen, let me tell you about cathedral rock, cathedral rock, dude, you have to scramble up this, this formation that literally looks like a butt. Like you're going up the crack of this butt. 
of rock, Ooh. right? It's oh. yeah, it, it literally looks like a. I took a picture of it, but I'm not going to show it to you because it's too offensive for <laughs> for the vent that needs a sensitive audience. But like, you I'm have to surprised. scramble up the butt. But then scrambling up the butt wasn't hard. The problem was scrambling down the butt. You literally just slide, and so like you have to like use your arms to hold your weight while you're sliding down this butt crack. It was terrifying. It was I mean, just the awful. image that you have formed in my mind. Yeah. You're nature dribbling, is you're porny. dribbling down the the uh, the butt crack of nature. Nature is porny. I'm telling you. Oh lord. Oh, All right, Carlos. Should we talk my, about food? <laughs> well, wait. But Pierre wants to know how my workouts are going. To, the one that's oh, kept yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. food. So I I did go back after a week. I went to another hit class, and uh, and it was great. I didn't die. It was fantastic. Like my like I'm still three days later sore. Like I get up this morning. I'm like I'm gonna try to go Sunday Wednesday. You know, like twice a week. And I went to get up out of bed. My stomach, all, all my sore stomach went, ah. And I no, said, no, don't get up. Maybe, maybe next Sunday. Yeah. But I, I'm definitely going to stick with it, Pierre. I'm definitely doing it. I'm down. Well, it's like you need to learn how to half-ass it because, like, that's that's how you can get through those workouts until you're in shape. You just got to kind of got to, like, uh, uh, That's what uh. I did. I paced myself. We call that mm-hmm. pacing ourselves so that we oh, don't say that call we're it losers. It. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right. That's what it is. You just give it. 70 to Give 80%. 75%. Yeah. Because <laughs> before you were giving 0%. So 100%. Like yeah. 70% is a big improvement. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've upgraded your activity level. So just yeah. don't go overboard. No, I'm learning. Hey, so yeah, we should, we should actually talk about food. Yeah. We should and, talk uh, about food. So like happy trails, happy trails to uh, Henderson Jr. Biggers. Uh, Henderson Biggers, Jr. Biggers was uh, a guy, an employee at one of the Kush restaurants, now owned by one of the Kush restaurants, but it was originally Stephen's Deli. It was a deli, a Jewish deli in Hialeah before there were Cubans. Uh, it opened in 1954 and he'd been working there since 1957. That means Dang. that man worked there Dang. for 65 years, Dang. Amy. <laughs> and look at you leaving jobs already. I know. Carlos. He literally, he stayed, he stayed in the job literally 10 times as 10 long times as longer I did. than you. 10 times longer. Uh, and and uh, he's actually pretty amazing. Um, as a side note, he is Udonis Haslam's maternal grandfather. Uh, he was Udonis, Udonis's mom's father, um, and and he's gone by the restaurant regularly. But but he uh, he actually grew up in Alabama, and went to uh, he uh, he went into the Air Force because he thought you know my family they were one of nine kids I want to say. He's like, my family can't afford college, so I'll go into the Air Force. And when I get out on the GI Bill, I'll go to college. And like the year before he got out, they canceled the GI Bill. <laughs> so he was not eligible. So after working logistics like for, for the Air Force, which means basically making sure that people and products get in the right places, he comes down to Miami where he has a brother. And there's a perfect logistics job at a grocery like wholesaler. And he's like perfect for it. He's looking at the job and he's like, I can do this job in my sleep. But it's 1957 in Miami. And uh, as as he said to me, there were certain jobs for certain people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he kind of, you know, he, he, he'd he said to me before, not this time, but he'd said to me before, you know, there were certain jobs that only that black folks weren't allowed to do. And that was one of them, uh, even though he was uh, probably the most fit person for that job. And um, so the employment office found him a job as a dishwasher at Stevens Deli. Mm-hmm. Now the guy stayed there long enough to where he ended up, um, he ended up being like the only fixture. Like he he learned how to how to cut the pastrami with a knife 
which is apparently really important versus using the machine to like shave it the right length. Like something about learning the skill of cutting it with a knife makes it makes the texture nicer, you know, and it doesn't hmm. get shaved and fall apart. So you can go just thin enough without it being shaved. And he learned the skill that he kind of had retained and now passed down to these young kids that are now, you know, going to be taken over for him when he retires. Nice. I think it's pretty cool. So they had a party cool. for him? Yeah, they had like a big party for him uh, a couple of days before we aired this podcast last week. They put some items, you know, uh, on the menu, uh, what they were priced at back in the day. Oh, my God. And uh, which was like, I don't know, I want to say like 57 cent hamburgers or something like that. Right. Cheeseburgers. And they kind of honored him. And they, the city of Hialeah had already uh, named like a junior biggers day at one point. And, um, and the sandwich that he makes was ended up on a timeout list of like best sandwiches in the country or best sandwiches in the world, maybe even. It was, it was nice. pretty, pretty well. But like good for him, you know? Like yeah, that good guy for him. Had, and honestly, like he's 86. He's 86. He should have retired like 20 years ago. But, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, both because yeah, you don't it's work. Yeah, like, it's like – it's like those guys from the the Larios uh, couple. They just yes. want, they liked working. They just like the work. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure there's an element to it that, like, hey, you know, it would help if you keep working and make a little money, right? Maybe you know, but but um, but there's something to be said. You can look into somebody's face and be like, this person enjoys what they do, and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Congrats to him, and I hope he enjoys his retirement. I know he's a cool. Hope dude, he doesn't man. get bored. Yeah, he's gonna be fishing a lot. He told me he's gonna be fishing a lot. And, uh, he's got a brother. He's got a different brother that lives over in Carroll City, so he's gonna be f- doing that a lot. So, Aww, well, congrats to him. And I hope I hope the people that he taught how to slice that pastrami live up to his legacy. I know. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, what else have we had going on here? Um, let's do. Oh, before you talk about real news, um, okay. the stone crab poll. Nobody's voting. We really need to get you guys. Uh, motivated because we were down to the elite eight. Oh boy! And nobody's voting. This is going to be tell evergreen you who's content. On this list. Yeah, let's tell you who's <laughs> on this list. Obviously, Jones Stone Crab is winning, and after right. that, we've got Garcia's Seafood, and then we've got Captain's Tavern, a place called Holy Crab that I've never heard of. <laughs> that name is ridiculous. But that's a great that's a great name. It is a great name. <laughs> then we got the Key Largo Fisheries, Billy Stone Crab, Golden Rule, and Stiltsville. So if y'all want to make your favorite stone crab, stone crab claw place win, you better get to voting. You can vote as much as you want. There are no rules. This is the wild, wild west. Vote until your hand breaks, until your computer explodes. I feel like the the holy crab is owned by a guy who talks like this and has a sponge (laughs) who who cooks all the food who lives inside of a pineapple. Ah, come crab. on down. Come Mr. on down crab. to the holy crab. Oh my god. Make it it's like a franchise of Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um but oh, what else is going on speaking of stone crab season? Uh cinnamon roll season, right? Oh my like, god. Those two go yes. hand in hand. Yes. Now Spy Farm opening. Yeah, Nosper. Oh right. Oh, should, did they open yesterday? They open Tuesday, right? Yep, they open Tuesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so there. That's it. It's officially open. So if it's official. If you're within the sound of my voice, you can go <laughs> there get. Are, there are uh, cinnamon rolls available for you to consume. Yeah, so they, you know, Nas obviously they 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 start. They only run during the season. I want to say from October to May. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And it's almost like stone crab season. It's almost identical to stone, stone crab season where they, you know, they have you pick fields starting in January when they actually have some growing stuff come in, uh, tomatoes and, um, and uh, strawberries. But like their big thing is, is cinnamon rolls. And actually, Amy, have you ever had the cinnamon roll shake? No, I've never had. Nope. Bro, that's the thing. Because there are places that do uh, shakes just as good or better. I mean, Robert is here. I love their shakes. I think they're amazing. Uh, but like their What's cinnamon roll shake. Robert is here? What do you get? Uh, it's got to be strawberry uh, key lime pie. Mine is strawberry mame shake, not smoothie. Oh. It oh, tastes like candy. It tastes like birthday cake. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, I really like that. I never, I would never have thought to mix those two things together. Strawberry and, and so mame. Good. Oh, I like that. So I so I'm that's that's one of those where you have to hit them both right like go down get a get a cinnamon a, a big stack of cinnamon rolls you know what's what's cool is you can get like a whole stack and you can just freeze it and you can mm-hmm. kind of you can kind of cut some out and well you and can't eat them all at time. once that's for sure unless you just I mean, want to die you could but then you'll die <laughs> exactly yeah that's and, a that's and, a smart strategy get them freeze them and then they'll last you at least half a season mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks who'll buy them at the end of the season. And then that that keeps that kind of uh, holds them through the off season. Totally, it's like having yeah. your frozen stone crabs. You know what I do though? I go to the Wayside Marketplace in Pinecrest and I buy them there because they get oh, them. Okay. I don't know if they're marked up, but they get them, and they say nose on them. So I'm, I'm I'm getting them. Oh, you know what? There was a Twitter guy who used to follow me. Uh, old John, I think, uh, who I've met since, and he was saying that they. He's like, are these legit or are they like Fugazi? And I think that they actually go and buy them and then resell them. And then resell them at a markup. For sure, it's at a markup. Oh, it's at a markup, right? I, I'm 100% sure, yeah. But oh, they're there. And like you, you, they've, they've made the line for you. That's what oh, they did. Oh, but you know what? That's almost worth it. Yeah, totally. I'm 100, because, 100% sure. Because like, I don't it, like, understand. Think of all the gas you saved. I don't understand the people that like waiting in the line. Are there people that like waiting in line? Oh, yeah. They bring their lawn chairs and they're like, oh, this is like a big get together and everything. No. Well, I will tell you this. I would sooner wait in line for a cinnamon bun than like the latest iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at least I get an instant gratification, you know? Yes. Oh, my pictures are going to be so much better. No, no. Whatever. No. I'm about to pig out right now. Yeah. I like I like that. Uh, but I love that idea. So that's funny that this guy had mentioned that to me years ago, John. Um, and he's like, you got to find out whether those are legit. But now that you tell me they're at a markup, that makes sense because uh, yeah. Nas told me we don't sell anywhere outside. Like we don't ship to to resell. So it makes sense that we'd go and make the line for you. Wait, well, now you got me confused. Are they, what do you call them? Fugazi? Fugazi. I forget what movie that's from where it just means fake or God, what movie oh, was man, that? Oh man, no, but they, they look so real. Yeah, no, they're legit. I think that they, they look are. Legi- they look legit, and they only sell them during the season, so they have to be legit, right? Yeah, <gasps> no, I I agree. Now you got I think me that, worried. I think that they figured it out, and I don't know why anybody else hasn't. Just like put up a sign and just says, not use the name, but say the roles you're looking Honey for bun. are yeah. here. All <laughs> oh, right, the Wolf of Wall Street. That's where the the line, the Fugazi line, came from. Thanks, Pierre. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre, well, pop on, Pierre, pop on for a second, pop on for a second and, and tell us about that line. Cause I don't remember exactly where that is. Flip your, flip your camera and audio on and, and join in Oh, the maybe show. he doesn't have his makeup on. Oh, he's fine. Wait, we can't hear you. You got to unmute yourself, Pierre. I forgot. 
<laughs> the technical director. And he, hey, you forgot all the technical stuff. Yeah. Pierre, so, where's that line from? Do you remember what specifically that line? I don't remember from? where in the movie it's from, but I remember it's from The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. All right. So, I got to go back and watch that. That yeah. movie, I just remember that scene of Leonardo DiCaprio being dragged on, outside the Lamborghini. Like yeah. where he thinks he's driving away and he's actually just like a slug being dragged along. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, isn't he like on mega quaaludes right then? Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> I, I do remember that scene. That's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous yeah, that movie, movie was crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. That's awesome. I'm going back in the, in the back. Going back into the cave. Back into, into the, the cave. Box. Get out of here. Back in the box with you. I'm back. See you guys. <laughs> uh, um. What else is going on too here? Oh, um, uh, South Beach Food and Wine Festival. I know it's still like months away. Yep. But apparently now you can browse the website, and that's the thing that we're excited about. That's the thing. That, that's the thing that people do because you got to get you got to get your game plan ready because this is a very strategic thing. Like if you want to get into the good events, you got to know when the tickets are available, and you got to know who's going to be there, and you got to know like what celeb chef is going to be judging and how do you, how you get your stuff. So the website's available now. You can take a look and see what's going on. And I think this year, again, I think I'm going to do like maybe one tent and one dinner. Yeah. The dinners think, to me are are the thing. Like, if Yeah, you're gonna I go agree. To the, I think the dinners are the, the move. And the dinners yeah. are for like the people who are like ready to chill because yeah. I can't eat that much anymore. I'm, I'm not I'm not a like a tent person. I need I need to be fed like in a civilized manner, not just shove Absolutely. food in my face whole. It, it's, and, and, it's, it's, it's it's work. And this year, it's going back to to full to full scale. Like mm-hmm. they they had limited the numbers because of COVID over the last couple of years. This year, Lee Schrager told me that they might actually be bigger than pre pandemic. Oh, people are ready is, to come out then. I guess. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But the thing is, like uh, an event like Burger Bash, literally has four thousand people, four thousand, and it had been separated into two groups of a thousand over the last okay. two years. Which I mean, I went to Burger Bash and I was like. This is amazing. This is how I want this event. Mm-hmm. But now when I think of 4,000 people, like, like that's exactly what I don't like. Way. You know, all to have a bite of a burger. It, I want to get to the burgers faster. Ooh. And the burgers are great. Like those people are killing it. They're making mm-hmm. really delicious burgers and you get great bites. But like that oh my God, And we always win. Miami always wins. It's so amazing. That's why I love Burger Bash. Miami. We always crush. Local love, baby. Mm-hmm. We just, and people people want to know. And, and that's nice too because a, a local place wins and then – you can go eat that burger at a local totally. place. Yeah. Without paying $350 a person. <laughs> Just get that one say, burger for 10 bucks. I will say if I'm paying, you know, some of those dinners are like 250, 200 sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can get even as low as like 150. Um, and if there's like a celebrity chef and it's a small intimate dinner, 40, 50 people, that to me is totally so nice. Worth, yeah, so much so nice. worth it. Yeah. So much more worth it than, um, I mean, I get it. People like to be out in the beach, you know, and it, and it's actually the, it's got the big tent. So even if it rains, which it never does, it's, it's mm-hmm. actually really pleasant. It's just like when you're hangry, it sucks to <laughs> you wait. You really want to hurt line. somebody to get to that food. Yeah. I'm surprised there have not been knockdown drag outs. Maybe because there's enough tents. You Maybe there will be. Maybe there have been. We just didn't know about it because I have seen people at the Grand Tasting Village get wasted. Oh, yeah. But just wasted. Oh, yeah. So it's it's all there's always at least two, you know, there's always a, a group of screaming, oh, screaming girls. Somebody's bringing the bail money and, <laughs> and like, woo, we'll let's try go get some more, some more wine and croquetas. So, yeah, 
it is pretty amazing that that it doesn't get it doesn't get crazier than it does. I, I'm always I'm every year I say you know what I'm going to keep my eye out to make sure that there isn't some fiasco and there never is. I guess no, it's are, usually just drunk belligerent girl girl groups. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of screaming and a lot of eating. That's not so bad. No, that's fine. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, oh, talk about the Art Basel event. Right. So speaking of things that you have to buy tickets for, um, so it turns out that uh, that uh, Amex and Resi, uh, the, the online app, uh, have started this program. They did kind of like a pilot program-ish during the pandemic. Um, and what they did is they invited some of like the top chefs in the world, actually, to come during that week of Art Basel at Miami Art Week. And, um, and they're going to have like these intimate dinners. And um, I think you have to have a very specific uh, Amex card. As a matter of fact, I think one of them is like the, the Amex Platinum, which costs something like 700 bucks a year to have. But I, I guess if you travel and you use it, I mean, good for you. And, and it, so it gives you the chance to buy these tickets, which are, I know you're going to be surprised, Amy, super expensive, 350 a person. How much are they, Carlos? 350 a person. Okay. Okay. But like, but but listen, but there's people that that have wanted to eat at Massimo Bottura's restaurant. Massimo Bottura's his restaurant was ranked one of the best in the world for years running, mm-hmm. um, and it's in it's in uh, Modena, um, Italy, and um, and that they that's, just haven't could, made it to Modena recently. Exactly. exactly. So they're <laughs> now they're able to try his food in Miami. That's yeah, a so. that's a win. And let me tell you, it's kind of a bargain because a couple of years ago he was cooking at a thing here, um, and it was something like six fifty a person. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Ouchies. I mean, that's not for me. I don't. I can't. I mean, I've eaten at some pretty, pretty uh, elegant and pretty expensive dinners, but that to me, like, commensurate with my level of income, I can't. I can't justify that. I can't justify it. I mean, that's like how I many tries do, I could do it like once every 10 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when I have like my 20th anniversary, I think I'll go do something like that. But that one time, this is the one meal that I constantly am referring to. That one place I went to up in Westchester, the Blue Farm, um, oh, the yeah. Blue, Blue Farm restaurant or something like that. Blue Dude. Hill. You were at Blue Hill. Yes, Blue Hill. Thank you. I don't even remember it, but it was very expensive. Very good and very, very long. The longest meal I've ever had in my whole entire existence. Right. You it feel was like, like you live here now. I live. Yeah, they're like, Blue we're Hill just going to put you in this room. They actually, it, they took us to a second location at one point. They're like, here, we're <laughs> going to take a break. You? They did, basically. They put headphones on you and they play like heavy metal music while they move you. And they were like, here, you're going to sit here and we're going to give you three courses in this little barn, just the two of you now. And then they were like, okay, that's done. We're going to take you back to the restaurant. It was a whole right. thing. It was it was fun. It was like a – it was an experience. Name name one food that you remember from that. There's got to be something. Oh, Not leaf. One? Leaf with sauce. I remember getting a plate <laughs> that had a leaf and then okay. there was a sauce and you were supposed to take your leaf and drag it through the sauce and then shove it in your face. It was good. Oh. It was like really a good. Chicago hot dog dragged through the garden. Yeah, exactly. But it was it, leaf with sauce. That's make what it 50 that's times what that it's expensive. I think that they invented the leaf course. Right. The lettuce leaf course. It's just one yeah. leaf and sauce and Yeah. It's I uh I I think there's a balance, right? Between a place that like that does something that gives you an amazing flavor experience, but then also gives you enough food. So when it's over So you feel fed. Yes. Yes. 
And yes. I'm not, you know me, like I appreciate the small portions. I don't just like order the 60 ounce steak and eat until I'm done. I like portions. And I, and I've been to restaurants where like they've, there are many portions and you've uh, many, um, uh, uh, many courses, you know, uh, like we went to French laundry and they say it's like nine courses, but it ends up being like 15 courses. Cause they bring but you did a they bunch have of a leaf things. course. Was there a leaf course? There was, there was a tiny little ice cream cone course where you eat the ice cream cone. <laughs> it's like a little miniature like, elf ice cream cone. It's a tiny little elf. Uh, it's a little cone. It's actually an appetizer and amuse-bouche. It's where I learned that term when I was 20 something years old. You were fancy. You were being all fancy. I was. It's a tiny little, imagine a tiny little, um, uh, like a, like one of those nutty buddies, right? <laughs> Except that it's salmon and it's got creme fraiche in it and little Ooh. salmon scoop on top and it's got little capers and you eat it in one bite. One or two I would, bites. Boom, I would boom. eat the heck out of that. Amazing. Like, Could you I, eat it and you're what like, would happen if I you were like, can I have another one? I, I was I was like, can I get like a bag of bugles of these and just like <laughs> just dig into it. them? Exactly. Just keep tunneling into them. But like, I get it. Like, if you eat a ton of those, okay, you're good. But there are too many places that are like, we're being very artful about our food. And when you're done, really what you want is a hamburger. A and burger. Fries. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been known to hit the McDonald's on the way home to see those arches, <laughs> see those arches on the way home and be like, you say, I could mm, go for a, a, a thing of fries right now. Crispy, crispy fries. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, a nice amuse-bouche, that meal. It, that whole meal was an amuse. Was the, My was bouche old- was amused. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, that, those dinners are probably going to be like, there's what, four or five of them that are happening. Yeah. They're going to be for the patrons of Art Basel who want to have the fanciest chefs available in Miami and right. you know and that's and you know it, it hurts because it's 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 such an art basel thing right like if you're even the thing is if you're kind of like a norm right like a, just a normal here in Miami and mm-hmm. like art basel comes it's just kind of a time to avoid that part of town in general like maybe you go to scope during the during art week you know, like that's the most that I've done. I've been to Scope and I was like, this is beautiful. This is cool. It's amazing. I see different artists. Now I'm out. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those things really are for the world's art collectors and they come down yeah. and it's. No, it's it's know. basically like a trade show for art collectors. Exactly. Yeah. So no, that, but I think it, last year, I think last year they Carbone did a pop up like that because Carbone was like, oh, we're here and you guys, there's not enough space in our restaurant for all the people coming for our Basel. And so they pre-sold all of these nights of a, of a Carbone pop up. And I remember thinking, dang, that that would have been a good opportunity. But no, I think it was I think it was even more expensive. I think it was yeah. like like a thousand dollars a table or something like that. It was it was pretty, pretty nuts. But people went. Yeah, people went. And I and you're right. I, now that you mentioned that, I remember that 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 was a previous event that they did that kind of showed them, oh, we could make some money off this. So. Yes. The people want to eat. Yeah. And, and they'll pay for it. So I mean I think Massimo Bottura is interesting. Uh, they have a couple of of folks in that as well. Um, uh, Solomonov, the guy that owns Zahav, which is uh, one, really one of the uh, one of the great restaurants in Philly, and he's got they've got a whole a whole string of them. Um, and there's two other chefs uh, that uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna look up because you know what I think that they they uh, they are two uh, women chefs. Um, Two black women chefs who don't get who don't get the kind of uh, the kind of coverage and love that they deserve. Um, They're going to be participating in this and, um, dining series, right? Exactly. Um, the and and they're going to be following the next days. So Missy Robbins, 
who's the chef and owner at Lilia uh, in Brooklyn. She's host, hosting a dinner uh, like two days after uh, Massimo Batura. And then um, uh, Mashama Bailey, who's the owner of The Gray in Savannah, which is a, a, a restaurant that um, uh, people just go crazy for in the South. Uh, and then she owns a place called Diner Bar in Austin. Uh, mm-hmm. So them along with Solomonov and, uh, and Massimo Batura are, are going to do the thing. So Nice. Listen, if you have if you have a thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket, uh, I guess I guess that's a thing. It's there for you. you. Oh, and you also have to have that credit card. Yes, which is seven hundred dollars a year to have that credit card. Which, Don't be so cheap, on, Carlos. Stop being such a cheapskate. <laughs> you know what? What I am excited about, and that is in my wheelhouse of spending, is a sweet melody. Sweet melody oh, ice cream. Right. Yeah, sweet melody. They invented the 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 well, ice cream they didn't ventanita. Because I think I think Dairy Queen had a, a yeah. ventanita. So yeah, but don't front, don't they, front. They, yeah, they the they, they got the, the the ventanita for ice cream out in West Kendall. Yeah, which that we was appreciate. cool. Yeah, I mean they did a great job of marketing. You know, like we have a ventanita, like and it, it was actually a pretty smart thing. So uh, Mike Romeo uh, makes this amazing, delicious ice cream. Like he makes. He explained to me once what's the difference between like an Edie's Grand ice cream and like what they do, which is like more premium than even Hagen does. Mm-hmm. And what it is is how much air you whip into it. You know, like Edie's Grand, you go and you and you scoop into it and you're like, oh, it's such fluffy ice cream. And it's because they take this much ice cream, like an inch worth of ice cream, and they puff air into it so it fills more oh, volume. Wow. So the, the ice cream feels, quote unquote, creamy because it's more puffed. But these guys just infuse it with more butter fat. So it's literally oh. creamy. So like when it, this is one of those ice creams where it's even if a pint is sitting in your freezer, you can scoop right into it and it's not hard versus you bring oh. home a, you ever had the thing where you bring home a thing of Edie's and you put it in the freezer and it's like oh, we, hard. We have to microwave it. Yeah. Exactly. Tony puts it in the microwave. Yeah. This, you don't do that. These, they're so ultra premium. They're so creamy that you can literally just scoop it right from the fridge and it just tells you everything you need to know about that ice cream, you know, because it has a, a higher, um, a lower freezing point. And well, so know, it's, it is located in Kendall. So the kingdom. only the best. Had you made it from, out there? Hmm? No, Had I've never been there. there? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool because I mean, you kind of have to be outside the Ventanita. So basically he created a whole creamery, like an actual USDA certified, uh, what do they call it? Like a dairy plant. It's actually called a dairy plant because he's pasteurizing milk there. Oh, wow. Uh, which just means that you heat the milk to a certain temperature, um, even though the milk is already pasteurized when you buy it before you make it. But um, so so then he but then he figured out if you carve a little window into it, you could sell to the public. And right. so he was doing that. Oh, cute. So he sells straight from his little creamery. Yeah, exactly. So then from there, he packages his stuff and then into like the big scoop containers. And then he brings it to the spot here in uh, Coral Gables. And that place is going to be open weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Where is and it at in Coral Gables? It's one of those places that you drive too quickly and you'll miss it. It's one of those strip malls that's right on Calle Ocho. Okay. That, so it's, um, there's a little restaurant called La Casita, which right now is making maybe my favorite Cuban food. It's been around, I mean, decades, something like 27, 30 something years. Um, right. Uh, it's like on the edge of Coral Gables. So you have Coral Gables on the south side, Miami on the north. And it's uh, just before you get to, uh, it's between Douglas and Ponce. Okay. And you have to be real careful. You can actually, you'll see it quickly on the right as you're going east. 
and you can kind of duck in and park behind it. There's plenty of parking, but getting in and out is a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a treacherous uh, endeavor. But the ice cream Amy is perfect. I mean, it's it's fantastic. He made something called milk and honey, which is like it's it's buttered ice cream. It tastes like birthday cake, but it's really it's like buttered ah. ice cream, like butter flavor, and it's got um, candied like honeycomb. And shavings of Belgian chocolate, and like, uh, and and so then like honey swirls in it. <laughs> oh my god, I cried when I bit it. I, like I tasted into it, I cried. It was so good. Oh um, man, I need to go out I'm, there. The, the thing is, see, listen, I live in Kendall proper, mm. so the <laughs> what happened was. So what happened is the way my commute is set up. Kendall, <laughs> so it's still a little out the way for me, but I'll be yeah. there one day. Like for me to go, for me to go out my way for ice cream, I got to be like motivated. And I don't think the hours are like the the place in West Kendall. I don't think it's open after like seven. So no, no, I think it's open late. I think Is it might it? be open till almost midnight on the weekend, like eleven. Oh, maybe. okay. Well, then next yeah. time, next time my kids are being annoying and want to go to Walls, yeah, yeah. Next time they're doing that, I'll take them to Sweet Melody. Change it up on them for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, there's, you know, I know that my my time is limited here. Uh, but before uh, but before I head out, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gone all next week. But when I come back, I wanna do this story that I've been kind of working on just because I thought it was a fun story. Like there's no you know, I'm always into things that are very Miami stuff that can only happen here, mm-hmm. right? And um <clears throat> it's a little bit of scoop for when I, I write the story, but um, I always loved the key lime pie at Blue Collar, a restaurant by Danny Surfer, um, who he really, he came up uh, as a chef underneath um, Alan Susser, you know, and Alan, Chef Alan's one of the original Mango Gang guys or whatever. And he's had this restaurant, that one in Mignonette. And I realized that they have this, this key lime pie at both restaurants. And when I asked him about it, it turns out that they don't bake the key lime pie in house. The key lime pie is baked by a woman named Megan Perkins. Now, the thing about Megan Perkins is that it turns out she is the wife of Miami filmmaker Billy Corbin. <gasps> isn't that wild? Like, that isn't is that wild. a perfectly Miami thing? Yes, that is a perfectly Miami thing. I didn't realize that Billy Corbin was married. Yeah, and you got to give it to Billy because he, you know, he he. I think he does a good job of keeping private and public yeah, he life kind of separate. Yeah. He's super low-key about that. I didn't even know he was married. I was going to say he does He does uh, share a lot of information about Blue Collar. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he is, well, apparent, apparently he's out there he, repping he, he, for Blue Collar a lot. So He and Danny go back like way before the restaurant. Like They were friends from their teenage years, I think, uh, if not in, into, uh, into early college. And, and they're both kind of from that same part of like northeast uh, section of Miami-Dade County. And um, so Danny's just visiting him at the studio, like one day that Billy's editing some stuff and, and, and there's this pie there and Danny tries it and he's like, oh my God, this pie's amazing. Who makes this? He's like, it's, it's my wife. And apparently um, Megan Perkins has been, she'd been like, she was one of those kids that baked for like the Miami-Dade County Fair. Oh my God, how cute. Yes. She's got That's blue so ribbons cute. from Miami-Dade County Fair, which I think is amazing. That is so cute. And, uh, and he was like, he asked her, she was there and he's like, do you want to make like two pies and we'll try to sell them at the restaurant? Like, cause these are really great. And now she bakes like 12 pies a week for each Aww, of his restaurants. Yeah. That's cute. And, and 
who delivers the pies all over Miami? Billy Corbin. Billy Corbin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, That's a good fantastic. husband. Good for her. Yeah. Exactly. Billy Corbin delivery boy. Um, so I think that that's, that's pretty cool. So I'll, I'm going to get all the, the full details and I'm going to write that in a story as sort of a swan song, because I think that that's, that's what I'm all about. Do the crazy, do the funny, interesting Miami stories. And mm, look at my Don't face. Cry. Yeah. Don't cry. Listen, you know, my plan. I mean, I'm going to tell the people because I think, I think it's worth mentioning. Like I, I've loved doing this podcast and I think it's, uh, you know, over the years, WLRN and the Herald have worked together really closely on on several like projects, but not so much daily stuff. I haven't been able to work, make that work out yet. But I think, wouldn't it be cool if like when I'm over on Sundial, it's four days a week, it's Monday through Thursday. It's a live show, noon to one. What if noon to one, every Thursday was La Ventanita, a co-production <laughs> of WLRN. Oh, that would be cute. That would and, be cute. And the Miami Herald. I think, you know that, we not only breathed this thing into existence, we carried it when when other people, you know, uh, didn't think it was a, a viable or interesting idea, but we did it because we thought it would be fun. And I think it would be fun to keep it going. So uh, I'm going to pitch that. I'm going to make the hard pitch. So it's going to be up to you to hard pitch on this side too, because I, I think it will be fun to keep it going. I think the people need love and Danita. I think so too. I think we Vanessa need to Vanessa definitely need, needs it. Vanessa Bush. Yes. And you know, whoever you guys hire, to replace me, I mean, that we that I would love to interview that person uh, as well. The three get the three of us on it. I think that would be fun. But, Definitely. Yeah, we'll see. Don't make goes. me cry. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, so I think before we we go, we've already done the kiss, Mary kill. But I thought it was funny because today I, I attached an old video to a story, and our, and it was the or you did the actual attaching, but I mm-hmm. mentioned it, which is. Um, when I brought Massimo Bottura a box of pastelitos in 2018, he was in town and they'd offer me an interview with Massimo Bottura. And I was like, what am I going to ask this guy? Like mm-hmm. this guy has no connection to Miami. He's in town to cook a $650 a person meal. I'm not interested in that. And I said, I'm only interested in this interview if, I don't know, if I can bring him a, po- a box of Cuban pastries of baked goods and go through it with him about just- He can to- give me his hot takes. His hot takes on Cuban food, on on these Cuban pastries. And without knowing it, we filmed what was essentially a pilot to La Ventanita. Like yes. he was so good. Yeah, he was. He was so funny and introspective. And uh, he really cared. Like he really was interested in, in like talking about some kind of local food. And, uh, and it kind of took me back when I saw that video. And I was wondering, you know, Pierre, would you mind playing a little bit of it? Because uh, I would call this... The Lost Ventanita. This is the episode that is kind of like the pilot that no one that we've never really aired. There wasn't enough of it to turn into a full Ventanita episode, um, but I think people might enjoy it. So let's play it. Massimo Bottura is one of the world's great chefs, and he was in Miami for a special event. So we thought we'd bring him a box of Miami love. You come to a Miami party. There's one thing that you're gonna find at every Miami party, and it's what's inside. <laughs> and uh, and I just wanted to bring you a box, and and frankly, get your impressions on what you know what you like best. And oh oh right? oh oh, that's not oh, terrible, oh, right? Oh, no, not terrible. Right. Okay. So okay, let's see. As okay. una croqueta. Una croqueta. Mm. It's very easy. Very easy. Okay. This is una papa rellena. It's a, well, 
Potato stuffing. Potato. Mm. Now, what are you looking for? When you're tasting, what are you looking for? Ah, culture. Culture. All right. Now, this is a um, mm. pastel de queso. Cuban. I love the pastel de queso, right? Oh, I've never seen that move. The move where you take the piece and you dig inside. After I explain to you. Oh, okay. It's about proportion. Okay. You know, when you eat. And this is, uh, this yeah. is, this is pastel de guayaba y queso. Mmm. Mmm. And this is just guayaba. This is the standard pastelito. All right. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I just love that. He went crazy on that box. He went ham. <laughs> that man enjoys food. He does. He he was like, I don't even want to tell you what I think about it. I'm just going to eat it right now, and then we'll we'll come back to it. It's funny. If you watch the rest of that video, I think he gets into it. He gets into like talking about you know what he appreciates about food like that, like the la papa rellena, the idea that this is a food that evolves from people who are, who don't have a lot to eat, like mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of protein. So what do they do? They make this little fried ball of all mashed potato. And at the very center, there's this little They distribute gift. the protein. Yes, this little perfect round gift of meat, but there's mm -hmm. not much of it. So like if you had a little bit of, you had a, a quarter ounce of um, of picadillo left over from dinner the night before, that might make, you know, eight, 10 paparrellenas, you know? Totally. Uh, which I think is pretty cool, so. Yeah, that and was I fun. I remember that. I remember when you interviewed him because we were like, what do we do with this guy? He's he's like the biggest deal ever and he's in town, but it wasn't going to be something that was going to be like enduring. It was he was just here for a minute. So I think that was I think that was smart because you got him to, to to give us his hot take on on the stuff that we hold dear. Right. And it's still I think you watch it today and it still holds up like totally. You know, so he how he was taking the corn, he was like scooping out the the goo. Yeah, he was really like looking at it like a food scientist. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, but who knew? Who knew that that would be the beginning of uh, of us uh, fooling around here uh, once a week for an hour every week? Well, Amy, I believe that that is the last show. <laughs> at least in this form, I do believe that we will see this again, and I am determined to uh, keep it running in one way or another. Well, when a door closes, a ventanita opens. So. Oh, yes. Reach right through. All right, All right Carlos. Carlos.